listening to Thriver Podcast, the company culture podcast where each unique episode brings you engaging topics that a new host and guest will connect on. Learn what drives a strong workplace culture through leadership, diverse experiences, personal stories, and much more. Welcome everyone. My name is Olivia Bortolazzo and I am the marketing manager here at Thriver. This week, you may have noticed that uh, we've kind of changed it up a bit. We usually have one host, but this week we have two. Um, so I think it's going to be really exciting and, and it's going to be fun. So let me introduce co-founders of Fresh Talk Wellness, Sangeeta Prasad and Haley Knox. Hi guys. Thanks for joining. Hello. Thanks. Thank you so much for having us today. Thank you. So just to give a little context on this episode for our listeners, we'll be talking about the benefits of incorporating team wellness challenges throughout the year. And with that, we're going to learn all about employee engagement, team engagement, health, wellness, and everything in between. So first things first, like I'd love to know a little bit of your backgrounds um, and then, yeah, how you guys met. How did this start? Sure. So I'll start. Um, so I'm Singita Prasad. And um, before I met Haley, um, I do have a bit of my own personal story. I grew up in the Caribbean. I had lots of access to fresh foods daily. Um, and then, of course, I moved to Toronto and got caught up in the hustle and bustle of everyday life. And, you know, after student life, I got into the corporate world, exposed to very high levels of stress, you know, uh, in that process sacrificing my sleep, sacrificing my nutrition, my overall health, just for the sake of being productive or what I thought was being productive at that time. So that led to sleep issues, led to digestive issues, um, an overall just weak immune system. And in my own quest of seeking answers about my own health, I ended up in nutrition school. And in nutrition school, I learned so much about the impact of what we do and, you know, what we consume and how that can impact your overall health, your mind, your body. Um, and it's just kind of led me to this path of consistent learning and sharing about health and wellness. And long story short, now I'm a certified nutritionist. I'm a culinary nutrition expert and also a workplace wellness specialist. And I and both Haley and I have worked with many companies on implementing workplace wellness programs and strategies um, in lots of different areas uh, in nutrition and mindfulness and movement and overall health. Yeah. And then you're missing your favorite part is how you met me. Um, We worked at a company together and we both were in nutrition school. We were both, you know, burnt out doing nutrition and working a full-time job, which is just so ironic. And we were talking about all of the ways that we implemented strategies to kind of just bring ourselves back. Um, It always got into talks about nutrition, meditation, um, the pillars of wellness and having that support, you know, within our company as well. So we actually did a free lunch and learn for the company we were working at and we still work with them today, which is absolutely amazing. And we did it for them. We absolutely loved it. And from there, we decided that we wanted to make that a thing. That was what we loved doing. We kept bringing those um, social events and wellness events into that company. And yeah, I think it's just the rest is honestly history because we just absolutely loved it. Um, And yeah, it used to be just in person and then it was virtual and then it was kind of now the whole world is virtual and now it's going back to in person and virtual as well. So it's very exciting. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So Haley, you kind of touched on how you guys met, but what's your experience with this? And I know we had a little chat before, but I I know that you said what's kind of amazing about you two is that you guys are kind of opposite with your lifestyles in a way, but also very similar um, with your, I guess, with your values, right? Yeah, exactly. So I am a certified nutritionist as well and a workplace wellness specialist. So I uh, was 17 when I moved to Toronto. So I'm from here. We always talk about, you know, we both lived on a farm, but, you know, across the world from each other. And I moved down and it was kind of the same. I moved to Toronto when I uh, was in school and then I worked. Uh, I started traveling and working overseas and I was, you know, addicted to the grind. I was, I would finish work and I would just any days off or any time off was just like binge watching, binge watching TV, which we all know is not necessarily a problem. Uh, super enjoyable. We've all been there. It's been a pandemic, but it was definitely like that was the only way I was able to cope with any of my time off because I was always just so exhausted. Um, and then I wanted to lose some weight and clear my skin up. Uh, and that's how I started eating a little bit better. I started watching YouTube videos, um, documentaries, just trying to find, um, different information. I was so interested in it. And from there, of course, you know, I felt so much better. I was no longer as anxious as I, I always used to, I didn't even know what the word anxious meant. I was always so antsy. Um, the moment I woke up, I couldn't really sleep that well. Uh, I was up really late and then I couldn't wake up in the morning, just the tired and wired kind of thing. So I learned by myself. And I think the best thing is when you're your own guinea pig, uh, just better stress management, how I started eating healthier, how I put sleep and made sleep a priority and how well, how much better I felt. Um, so that was my story. And then from that, we we realized that we were so uh, so um, every step of the way we've been so aligned with everything that we like. Um, but yeah, I'm I eat uh, meat and I I you know I have a varied diet. Sangeet is a vegetarian. Um, we like different teas. We like different drinks, and it's just so nice because we bring the flavors that we like and the things that we like to eat and do. Um, I enjoy having. Um, a bath when I'm stressed. Sangeeta likes to meditate. Um, So it's just nice to really have different interests, but it's all in the name of wellness. Great. I love that. I think it's so important to have a partner um, that you work with or wherever, you know, whatever part of your life that also challenges you to try new things as well. And, you know, having that open mind as well. So I think that's what you guys definitely um, relate on that yearn to learn, I guess, to always try new things. It shows your passion. Um, It just, it definitely seeps through in this conversation. I, this is actually perfect transition because both of you kind of talked about how you um, incorporate wellness in your lives. So part of that is wellness programs. Um, So how have you guys, or, you know, actually let's just, let's just keep it simple. What is a wellness program? Uh, excellent question. Great. <laughs> All right. So there's wellness activities and there's wellness programs. And so a wellness activity is anything related to wellness. So that could be a walking meeting that could be expressing gratitude um, at the beginning of a meeting that can ha- be a mindfulness break, um, which is just, you know, a little break that you have in the day to bring yourself back into the moment. Um, so it's any little thing like that. It could be as expansive as a steps challenge or a stress and uh, burnout webinar. 
But a wellness program is more of a well-rounded approach uh, to improve the overall uh, wellness of your employees. And so that's when you bring in multiple wellness activities together in a well-thought-out way um, and a more uh, as an initiative for the company. So traditionally, when people think of wellness at work, you think of things like having insurance benefits um, or an employee assistance program, but it really can be so much more than that, as I mentioned. So it can be done in a variety of ways, and we can bring together these mindful breaks, these gratitude moments during the day, and bigger things like wellness challenges and webinars on stress and burnout, uh, stretching and movement classes, and all of these things together in a more comprehensive strategy um, and create that robust wellness program. So whether you have that singular activity that you're doing um, in the company or you have a more coordinated approach that has weekly programs, monthly programs, quarterly programs, it really is aimed at providing those tools and resources uh, for employees to interact together um, on that topic of wellness and that they're all moving together to improve their overall health and well-being overall. Great. And I, I know that you mentioned, you know, activity, so or exercise and movement and then mindfulness. And I know also Haley kind of said, I think you said three pillars, but I'm assuming that, well, if you could mention what the three pillars are, and I'm assuming you use those pillars when defining a program for a company or an organization, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, the three pillars of wellness, um, we build everything that we create is um, built upon those because they are um, our core values as well as nutrition, movement and mindfulness, um, because it is the holistic approach. Uh, when we first started um, in holistic nutrition, even it's um, it's that approach to it is how you're feeling at work, but also how you're feeling at home. You know, if you're moving enough at work, if you're moving enough outside of work, what you're doing during the day and that integrative approach, it's so important. And just paying attention to those, we create sessions that even um, wellness sessions, we always believe in doing it. If you're going to be sitting and learning, it's going to be an interactive webinar and we're going to stretch. We're going to have a mindful moment. It's all about, you know, something that is all encompassing. Um, all of those things because again you can't really focus on one and feel great you can be really mindful but feel absolutely horrible if your diet maybe isn't making you feel the best um, or you can feel really really sluggish if you you know aren't standing up at all during the day if you're sitting for long periods of time and you're not really having any movement um, you can still you know feel sluggish even if you're eating quite well so it's definitely all three of them so for wellness challenges, because I kind of want to go into this now. So with wellness challenges, because I know that you mentioned that they're part of a program, what 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 does a wellness challenge look like? And how do you how do you get organizations to to incorporate challenges in, in a healthy level? Because sometimes competition can maybe be negative for some people. Yeah. So, I mean, I can start. Um, I think we uh, wellness challenges, of course, team challenges are amazing. Um, 
They've been around for a while and they're so great for boosting camaraderie. And I think the thing is, of course, healthy competition is fun. A little bit of an incentive is fun. You know, having a leaderboard and having chats, all of that um, can be really, really good. And it just makes you interact so much more. And wellness challenges for us, particularly, and what we were seeing was based on feedback that we were getting from the companies that we were working with and the teams that we were working with. And you know, you can learn a lot of information. It can be so great, but when you're left with it, um, even if you have a worksheet or something um, very helpful from a workshop, uh, how are you going to then implement it? And how are you going to stick to it? We have dietitians, we have personal trainers, you know, you have your doctor, you have your osteopath, you have all these people that you are accountable to when you are on some type of regime or some type of routine that you're following. And that's where we saw a place for team challenges because the people who are learning this and they want to dip their toes in it um, or they just want to stick to it, they want to build that habit. That's how they can do it by, you know, executing a wellness challenge um, and, you know, being able to stick to it, being able to also see your colleagues and your peers um, doing it as well. Um, but I'll let you finish, Sangeeta. Yeah, and it's not just, you know, that competitive aspect. Of course, healthy competition is always great, as Haley said. But when we have things like a gratitude challenge, where we're learning how to practice gratitude on a daily basis, and you do it as a team effort, it really helps you bring those little things into your daily life that can make it so much better. And Haley and I always talk about it's all the, it's the little things that matter. It's the little things that that make it count. And, um, you know, that's how you incorporate wellness into your day. And that's how you can do it as a company and as a team um, by pushing each other and encouraging each other. So it's not always about the competition, but it's about incorporating these small habits into our day. So whether it's a steps challenge, whether it's a gratitude challenge, whether it's a meditation challenge where you're just practicing mindfulness on a daily basis, this is how it helps us weave wellness into our daily lives and also into the culture of the company as well. I think that's great because I, um, our, our team used to do this and we should bring it back. I I think during COVID, you know, everything kind of got thrown up in the air. And so you kind of forget to do these, these things, but we used to have our, our morning sinks and everyone would say something that they were grateful for just one or two things. And it sounds, I think for some people who maybe have never done that before, it might feel weird and uncomfortable because you're not used to it, but it really does. Um, make um, a huge improvement in your life. It may not happen after one time doing it. And I think a lot of people think this is a quick fix. Like, oh, I'll just meditate once and I'm going to be fixed and it's going to be fine. But I think it's that um, the challenges that you're saying, doing this with with people, with people that you trust too, it's that incent- it incentivizes you to keep going and then you will eventually see results. And then the results, I think, Anytime you do anything wellness, the results are always positive. So once you start feeling those results, you see that you feel good and you keep going. So, I mean, I wanted to say is like that happens, you fall off the wagon and then you just, you know, you start again or you forget about it for a couple of weeks and then you get back to it and you're, you, there's no real, you know, direction that you have to take or you don't have to stick to it if it changes but then you remember you're like oh yeah I felt amazing when I was doing that Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you you remember to yeah get back there we do that even just we have our meetings where we say something we're proud of or grateful for um and then when you are in larger teams 
that humility and that vulnerability that everyone needs, especially being so disconnected, that's when you feel like you're safer, you're, you feel more comfortable. Um, and then you remember how good you feel. <laughs> and, and, and that's also why these conversations are important. Cause it's like, I look at it as a muscle and you can't just do it a couple of times and think you're fixed. You know, if you're working out, your muscles are, if you stop working out, your muscles will disappear. Your body will not be as healthy. Right. So it's, it's this continuous improvement and this constant, um, this growth that you're doing for yourself. Sangeeta, did you want to say something? Sure. Yeah. So it's not only just, um, you know, those wellness habits and because wellness habits can be different for every single person, as Haley was saying, she prefers, uh, let's say taking a bath and I would prefer meditating. We all have different ways of dealing with, uh, things in our lives and different practices that can help bring us back into that moment and different things that relax us. So people practice wellness in very different ways, but the benefits of doing it together and doing it at the workplace is that it improves engagement and fosters that sense of community. When we're all doing things together, that's the thing that you're going to take away from the end of these different types of wellness programs, these different activities that we're doing together. You feel much more connected to your colleagues when you have the opportunity to discuss things around wellness. Um, you know, people sharing a little bit of their personal lives and bringing that into the workplace. You have also the opportunity to interact with teams that you probably don't even interact with on a daily basis. So you're building that relationship with people um, who are outside of your realm on a daily basis and fostering that sense of community at the workplace. And, you know, it's almost like an internal support group where you're encouraging each other to, um, and cheering each other on, you know, to connect, to motivate, to inspire each other. Um, you know, we love having those moments and opportunities within our wellness programs. You know, we talk about, you know, what are things that you do to improve your health? And we ask people to share that with others because uh, you can always inspire someone else on your team or someone else in the wider community in the, in the company um, to do something that they haven't thought of before. You know, we all practice wellness in different ways. And when we share that, we can all stay positively engaged, not only in, in ourselves and in our health, but also in our work as well. I think that's great. And I, I do, I do want to emphasize that wellness is, is like an umbrella. There's so many different things that you can try for yourself. It doesn't just stop at meditating. It doesn't stop at yoga and anything that makes you feel good and makes you feel better at the end of the day can be unique to yourself. Right. So similar to the bath, like a bath will make you feel good. It might not make someone else feel good, but if they try it and they don't like it, it doesn't mean that wellness is not for them. It just means that they can just keep looking and they will find something. I just wanted to emphasize on that because I think there are sometimes people who maybe have never thought about wellness go into it and they try meditating and they say to themselves, no, I can't do this. Not for me. And then they just ditch wellness all to, you know, altogether. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really glad that you, you said that. I think that this actually goes into another question that I have for you too, which is on employee engagement. So can we just, I just want to elaborate on that because employee engagement has a lot to do with wellness programs, of course. But um, could you guys share some tips on how organizations can authentically support um, their teams and, and employee engagement in general? Yeah. Um, so I can start with this one for sure. I think 
we always say um, when we're when we're working with people and even you know with our own team is you just have to hear from your team. I think communication, it's the key, you know, it's we always say it's the key in relationships, it's the key in friendships. Um, and it is within an organization as well. So hearing from your team what they, much like you said, wellness. Uh, it comes out in all shapes and sizes, hearing what it means to them. What does, um, you know, what does staying healthy or feeling healthy mean to them? Um, what does feeling supported at a workplace mean for them, having a great relationship. Um, and you can find these things out uh, by doing, uh, there are anonymous forms that you can fill out. You can have one-on-ones, you can have meetings, you can have polls in your channels. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, conducting a needs assessment or anything else like that, but just hearing what they want to learn about, what they want to know about, what makes your team in particular feel supported. Um, and then that that is the the reason that boosts engagement is because you're actually hearing from them. There's nothing better than hearing heard. And then you're making tweaks as you go. So you roll something out, you say, okay, we're going to do this and this and this based on your interests and what you said. Um, and then, you know, behind the scenes, of course, you know, tracking and seeing if people are actually enjoying it, getting that feedback from them and then tweaking and knowing it's not, um, you know, it's not linear. It's not just going to be one thing the whole time. And just really, you know, taking that feedback on and changing it is how we see the most engagement and just, you know, the highest levels of participation rates are when um, the team is really excited about it. And it's what wellness means to them and just what a supportive workplace means to them. That's great. I do want to touch on also, because part of employee engagement is also not just the organization's uh, focus and trying to get them to their teams to engage, but also team members um, and managers kind of hearing and being a little more um, intentional or mindful about, you know, how their team is feeling. I know I want to touch on burnout a little bit, but if you could expand on that. Yeah, um, you mentioned, you know, uh, leadership and management. So it's so important to have that buy-in from leadership at the beginning of any type of wellness program. You know, we look to our executive leadership, we look to our managers, we look to even our HR team and supervisors to model those behaviors of wellness if we want it to come authentically to, you know, from the ground up, it needs to start also from the top. So we we need them to be actively participating in wellness initiatives. We need them to be engaging with their employees and asking them, how are you feeling today? It doesn't always have to be a formal pulse check, a survey that you're sending out. It could be those conversations. And of course, you know, virtually it is a little bit more difficult but we need to have those checkpoints so that you're not waiting for those one-on-ones or those official meetings to be asking someone how they're doing or what they'd like to see in the company. But, you know, we're, we can have those water cooler talks virtually through Slack, through Microsoft Teams, having those channels where, you know, wellness is the topic and everyone is sharing, um, you know, what they're doing for themselves, what they're doing for others, um, how they're incorporating wellness. But, you know, we need the leaders to also lead by example and kind of start that conversation because sometimes it's not always an area of comfort for everyone. Um, so if you have leadership modeling wellness behaviors, actively speaking about things that they're struggling with as well, it helps others to be more open um, to talk about things that they're going through 
And we've seen this in companies that we've worked with. We have companies where the leaders are very much involved and, you know, championing wellness for their companies. And those are places where you can see um, higher levels of engagement, higher levels of happiness, um, and seeing people where, you know, they can all interact on the same level. So, you know, those barriers kind of dissipate when you, when you put wellness as the forefront, um, where everyone is able to talk to each other authentically as humans and ask, how are you doing? How are you dealing with things? Because it's no secret, of course, that we've been going through a really rough year. Everyone has been experiencing it in a lot of different ways. Um, it's all impacted us in some way. But, you know, having this open door policy, even virtually, where we have that comfort level to talk to one another about what's really going on, you know, we can create that internal support group. Mm -hmm. I wanted to um, add to that when companies, uh, a lot of our sessions, if they're um, productivity or stress management, we speak to a lot of managers and directors who are like, what can I do right now? What, how can I show my team that, you know, I, I'm all for this. And I always say two things. The first thing you can do is offer wellness breaks. So, you know, a couple minute buffers between meetings because you are showing the team and the company that you understand that we are very, very busy, that we are, you know, back to back and you appreciate them. That is very visible. And that's a really great way. And then another one is just share more. So those two ways are you just showing, first of all, you know, I understand, you know, I care. I'm really busy. I need this. You are really busy. You need this. And then also I'm a human um, and just sharing more. That's a great point. And I do think uh, what you're saying is, you know, by sharing, by creating more of a safe space with your team and having even those wellness checks, it improves that sharing and it allows for more of that time. So then it um, alleviates the stress and the potential burnout, you know? Yep. So I want to, because we did talk about, you know, events, activities, a lot right now is virtual. When, you know, there are companies, as things start to open up, there are companies that are choosing to stay remote. There are companies that are going back in the office. And then there's the whole, the hybrid model, right? So how can we make sure that employee engagement is still strong and that all um, team members feel included with a hybrid model? So when there are employees that are making that choice to stay home and employees that are making the choice to stay in the office, how do you have activities that can meet the needs of everyone? So if you're in office, you know, we have, we are well practiced in, you know, how to implement workplace wellness at work and in the office itself when everyone's there together. So when you're there in person, you can have wellness rooms and wellness stations, self-care stations, different areas in the workplace where you feel safe to take a break from your day-to-day, -day, where you can take a moment for yourself. Um, it can be a full activity that you're doing, um, you know, whether that's 10 minutes of meditation at uh, lunchtime or just practicing gratitude at the beginning of a meeting, um, having an area or a safe space in the office where you can just pull yourself away from your computer and just take a moment for yourself. And you can include lots of different activities in that self-care station. You know, uh, prior to the pandemic, we set up a a self-care station that had essential oils and you can build your own essential oil blend. And it was just a fun little activity that someone could take a break from their work, walk over to their uh, to the self-care station and make a blend for themselves. And it had all the educational pamphlets there. 
And it was a great passive way of incorporating wellness into the day. And someone could just choose to walk over and participate as they'd like. And of course, just having a corner where you can also do a puzzle or something to take your mind off of, you know, the stress of work. And I always found that really helpful um, to kind of take those little breaks throughout the day. Of course, we all know that taking those breaks can help us be much more productive and engaged at work. Um, We just have to be mindful about those breaks. And then how you incorporate that in a virtual world is having those, uh, sharing those activities. So you have that information that you're sharing with teams so that they can create those own spaces in their own homes so that they're able to take a step away from their, their laptop, step away from their work and have those little breaks. It's so much harder when you're working from home to plan those moments of the day when you step away, when you're kind of in the same space of where you live and where you work. So it's about making some safe spaces in your home as well so that you can step away from your laptop and do something that's actually going to help contribute to your wellness, whether that's go outside for a walk or go for a run, you know, even uh, just having a, a moment of quiet while you drink your coffee, just incorporating those practices into your day. And it, of course it is, it's, it is something that takes time to learn how to do, um, especially if you're kind of on your own when, it, when you're virtual, you have to have that discipline to, be able to step away and take that moment for yourself. But that's what's so great about when you incorporate wellness as a culture into your workplace, you are encouraging each other and creating that support for each other. So if you have Slack channels, uh, Microsoft Teams channel, whatever kind of communication, whether it's an intranet, somewhere where you have that space where you can discuss wellness and different ways that you share that you incorporate wellness into your day, you're creating that sense of community. People can share tips and tricks and, you know, things that they do for themselves. And you have this collaborative environment when it comes to wellness. So whether you're at the office or you're at home, you're able to create that safe space for yourself. Um, And, you know, if you're doing activities at work and let's say having challenges, of course, those can be participated, uh, you know, when you're, when you're virtual as well. Um, And also if you're having someone come in and do a talk, like we used to go in and do lunch and learns at companies, Um, those can be broadcasted remotely as well. So people can still benefit from them. Yeah. uh, I mean, I was going to say the, the thing about them broadcasting um, since we are, there are a lot of hybrid teams and that is definitely tricky. We're having less face time, you know, with our colleagues uh, and of course, just, you know, getting everyone to be in one place um, or, I mean, everyone has different time zones. There's just all of these things that are um, at play now, but broadcasting um, virtual sessions on big screens for everyone who's in the office is working really well, as well as sometimes if you're going to have a meditation um, session or you're going to have any type of session where some people are virtual, some people aren't, it only takes one computer to be in the room with the people who are all in the office. So it's thinking of the ways that we can kind of blend the two. Um, We all relied on technology so heavily and we we all needed Zoom and everything else so much. And now we're actually needing it a little bit less, which is great. So doing that, those type of blends are really interesting. And then challenges are amazing because it really doesn't matter where you are in the world, what time zone you're in. Um, you're all in one bubble. It's like being on a team channel and you're able to, you know, do your task, learn about whatever the resources are for that day and speak in the chat to your team. So it's, it's really great because it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter where you are. 
That's great. I was actually on your website earlier and I had, there was a pop-up on um, getting a bingo card, like a wellness bingo card. So I downloaded that and I just, I thought it was really cool. I actually have it open. So there's just like a bingo card. And so I guess I'm assuming the first person who gets all five in a row wins. And I was looking, you know, get a massage, do five minute stretch, try a new healthy recipe. Like there's so many really cool things, even the visit a local farmer's market, which you don't think that would that to do, but it's the whole idea of just getting out, trying something new, going for a walk, you know, seeing what's local. Um, and that's also part of nutrition too, which is great. Um, and I also want to add on Sangeet to what you were saying. When you said the self-care station, I totally lit up because I love that idea. And also just aromatherapy, I think is great. But I think it would be a really cool challenge for people who work at home, um, you know, create your own self-care station or let's have a call and let's all build our own at home. So we know I have a place to go to because, you know, our condos, some people live in smaller units, right? You know, your work life is with your personal life and everything's blended. And sometimes you need to create, you know, physically some form of station, you know, to be able to at least mentally separate. So I really, I really like that. I have actually, I have one more question. You guys touched on it a lot, but I think it'd be great just to conclude, if there's an organization that has never done anything with wellness and they, you know, are prompted to start, and maybe this episode really inspired them, what are some things that they can can do just to start the basics, you know, without feeling too overwhelmed? So if if a company, you know, whether you are at the beginning of your journey or you're somewhere on the spectrum, it just doesn't really matter where you are at. There are simple things. There are, you know, looking for resources like the wellness bingo card that you just said, um, looking for other resources like wellness calendars, or just seeing how you can slowly start having either a little bit of healthy competition or just where you can implement it throughout the office or throughout people's homes. Um, I, I would say that that's the most overwhelming thing. You can be like, I really want a wellness program. I really want all of these things. Um, what do I do? So looking for someone or um, a company that provides it and just starting with one thing. So asking them like, what, what is one thing that I could do right now? So it could be, you know, having a stretch session, um, starting with a stretch se- session once a month for the team or starting with um, a, a type of, you know, two-way meeting where everyone chats wellness um, or chats just openly about what's going on with their lives and having that almost like a book club once a month. So nothing crazy as well as those um, buffer times between meetings. So if you wanted to just slowly kind of ease into it to show this is something that we want to be doing. We want to, you know, ease ourselves into it. Um, you can start in those ways. And I know Sangita has more. Yeah, Haley and I work with a lot of companies who've never implemented anything in wellness before and have no idea where to start. So we're really great at, you know, being able to talk to them to see, of course, what interests the employees. Just starting that conversation about wellness, having that open door policy virtually and in person. Um, you know, when wellness is a topic of conversation, it's something we can all relate to and we can all talk about. So I would say just starting with that conversation and then, of course, you know, putting in the the bigger efforts does require a lot more, um, you know, so that's a great uh, a great time to talk to someone like Haley or, or Haley or myself, who are both workplace wellness consultants, and we can best educate uh, whoever's trying to lead this initiative 
on the different types of practices that they can incorporate that are specific to their company and that would appeal to their employees. But definitely a great place to start is just to have that conversation in the first place. That's great. I think there's, I think for any organization who's listening, who's never ever, you know, implemented wellness, I think these are some great tips and, you know, yeah, starting small is always, always better because if you, if you're too overwhelmed, you're not going to start at all. So, you know, you start small, you keep moving forward. And then when you look back, you can see how much you've got, how far you've gone, which is great. So, okay. Here's my last question. This is completely off topic, but it's something that we try to uh, keep consistent with our episodes. It's for both of you. So this will require both answers. But um, our final question is just to get to know you a little bit more. So um, it's it's a childhood aspiration, aspirational question um, around what your career is now. So did you always see yourself going into this profession as a child? And if not, because a lot of the times it is a no, could you find a connection with your childhood that relates to what you're doing now? I will start. Um, that is very a very good question. Um, I was actually speaking about this the other day, which I think is very funny. I was one of those kids where I was in theater when I was younger, um, but then I, I didn't really get too much into it, but I, I always wanted to be an actress. I was always acting, you know, for my parents and doing silly things like that. And I love being the class clown, all of those things. But it's so funny because when it came to actually doing any type of wellness or to any type of public speaking, any type of even at a, you know, a wedding or in front of uh, work colleagues, I couldn't speak. I used to get so, so nervous and scared. Um, but now it's just so funny because first of all, I speak in front of, you know, from 10 people to hundreds of people and it's all eyes are on me. And I'm like, I am, I am the actress that I wanted to be. You know, it's very, very funny, but it, there is a link and it has been mentioned to me quite a few times that, you know, I didn't take that route at all, but I am now commanding the attention. <laughs> but I mean, in the name of wellness. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I love that connection. <laughs> So, yeah, at some point, um, you know, I wanted to be a teacher and I have a lot of teachers in my family. So it kind of just made sense for me. I didn't go down that route, but in a way I've been able to incorporate, you know, teaching into what I do, um, you know, through our wellness webinars and our workshops or lunch and learns. Of course, just like Haley, I was deathly afraid of speaking publicly but it all came down to, you know, I had a message that I wanted to share. I had something that I wanted to teach people. And it just became easy in that way because I was talking about something that I so deeply believed in, was so passionate about, um, that I could go on forever talking about wellness. And, um, you know, I even had an opportunity to work with TDSB teaching um, wellness, health and wellness. So it's just become this whirlwind thing where I'm get, getting to do something that I was always passionate about as a kid um, and bringing it to life in different ways um, in, in our company and, and what Haley and I do on a daily basis. Great. Thanks for answering, guys. Um, I love how, in a way, you two are very, have a very similar connection in the way that using your voice for good. It's just all about, you know, amplifying your voice to help others. And I think that's great. But unfortunately, uh, like I said, thank you so much for, for joining. This was a great conversation. I feel like, though I don't have a background in wellness, I mean, I, I, 
you know, like to take care of myself. I try to eat well. I used to be an athlete when I was younger, um, but I don't have a nutrition background. I think I took one course in university because I just think it's very interesting. Um, I do love talking about this topic, especially with professionals. It's so interesting to me. I, it inspires me every time I always learn something new, but this is all the time that we have for today. If people do want to reach out to you or follow you, uh, where can they do so? Yeah. So, um, on Instagram, which of course has a bunch of lovely pictures and resources and photos, um, we're just fresh talk wellness. Um, our website is freshtalkwellness.com, which of course, um, has a lot of helpful resources and a lot of information about different levels of wellness and different things that you can be offering your team. So it's a really good resource. And then of course, LinkedIn, we're Fresh Talk Wellness. We're so lucky. We have all the handles so we don't have to (laughs) have the funny ones. And then of course on Thriver as well. Yeah, I was going to mention that um, you guys are driver service providers as well. So I will be putting the links, all the links in the show notes for people to access, to book, to to communicate with you guys. But I do appreciate you guys jumping on this call and thank you so much. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's awesome. Yeah, it's been so great to chat to you. You've been listening to Thriver Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Share your thoughts on this episode by tweeting us at Thriver Company or get to know more about us by visiting Thriver.com. Additionally, you can follow us at Thriver Company on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. The choice is yours. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next time.